This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Hello, families. Welcome to today's episode. We are talking with Katherine Coles, founder of Redirecting Children's Behavior and the International Network for Children and Families. You guys, we are so excited for this interview. This is going to be pure gold. Katherine, welcome. Welcome. Uh, Hello. It's good to be here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, Katherine, oh, my goodness. I... I can't believe we've like never actually been in a room together, but <laughs> Catherine, just to give you guys a little backstory here. So Catherine, as I mentioned, founded the program of Redirecting Children's Behavior, which is what I became certified in many, many years ago, probably eight or nine years ago now, um, and have had the pleasure of teaching families all over the world. And it has just been such an honor and so just, I just find it um, such a gift to teach this program and to be really spending time with the person that poured their heart into creating this program means so much. And I just want you to know before we kick off our conversation that we just value your work so much and are so grateful for all the strategies and the um, the ways of life that you have taught us and, and have um, empowered us to teach families all over the world. So thank you, Catherine, first off, for just doing what you do. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And I'm just so honored with all the things that you and Terry have done with this. It's just amazing. You guys are brilliant. Oh, well, thank you. Well, today's conversation is going to be so good, listeners. We're going to kick it off. We're going to hear a little bit about Catherine's story, about um, why she founded this program, how she became an educator of this work. And then we're going to move into, um, to tell you guys, four takeaways from when Catherine looks back. She's actually raised two um, kiddos with this work. She has a 25-year-old and a 35-year-old. Your 25-year-old, Brianna, is about to get married next week. And is that right, Catherine? That's right. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're going to talk about four takeaways that when Catherine looks back at all these years, um, can really say, these are four things that as, you know, um, positive parenting, redirecting children's behavior has enabled me to have with my kids. So number one, it's been rock solid relationships. Number two, intrinsically motivated kids. Number three, kids who can rebound from hard situations and see mistakes as opportunities to learn. And then number four, parents and kids who can identify when they're in their amygdala and move into their cortex um, when challenging situations come up. So kick us off, Catherine, with telling us just a little bit about your story and how you decided to pour your heart into founding Redirecting Children's Behavior and becoming an educator of this work. I was a preschool teacher back in the day, 
it's a little embarrassing how far, but just to let you know, it was during during the hippie days, and I had a classroom of about 30 kids, and I this was my first teaching assignment, so I took out all the desks, and I put in big pillows because I wanted them to have a lot of fun, and I was all about peace and and, <laughs> and I was way too permissive. And about halfway through the school year, um, the teachers all complained about the noise in my <laughs> And so I put the desk back in, and I made them sit in their desks and fold their hands on the desk. And I became this very autocratic um, teacher and... At the end of the school year, I didn't like being too permissive, and I didn't like being too autocratic, but I didn't know what else to do. And so I was like, oh, help me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think most parents can relate to that because it's a fine balance of being firm and kind at the same time, which you guys teach a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went on a, a journey and a hunt to find um, how to do parenting and teaching in a different way. And I was lucky enough to come across the work of Dr. Rudolf Dreikers, his book, Children, the Challenge, highly recommend it. It was written back in the late seventies, early seventies, and, um, it's still relevant even today. So yeah. that, that's how I got my start. And then I just started, um, teaching a class and people, uh, asked me to do a workbook. So I did a workbook and then they said, Oh, well, you need to write a book. So I wrote a book and, um, now we are in 22 countries. Wow. And Catherine back then, so when you were a preschool teacher, when you developed this program, you were not a parent yet, right? No, I was not. No. Oh, it's like, it's so cool to see that you were obviously got this gift from God because the way you're able to speak to us and understand, you know, us as parents before you had kids through Dreikers, you know, work, but it's, it's amazing because that's a gift because we all know, like, you you really get it once you have kids, like you think, you know, but then you were able to really write about it before you actually had your own. Yes. Yes. I was very blessed. Oh, that's awesome. And then what did, was it called redirecting children's behavior from the beginning? Actually, it was called redirecting children's misbehavior. Okay. The first book was, and then, um, I married Brian Harper, my husband. Um, and he said, you know, you really need to change this book because children really don't misbehave. You know, that's what we teach is that right. kids, yeah, kids don't mis misbehave. So we changed it then to redirecting children's behavior. Awesome. And we, I know many of your teachers probably joke that it's actually should be called redirecting parents' behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. People usually say that in the second session of the class. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, oh my I goodness. think that's so, so interesting and, and so very cool uh, to see that you had this calling at that stage in the game. Because one of the reasons, one of the big reasons that we think that, um, you know, listeners will be really interested in this is because so many of our listeners, we feel like maybe are, you know, have parents, their parents are toddlers or they're having a challenging like phase. Um, 
but we were imagining that, you know, you would be able to tell them the long road of like, okay, well, it's not just toddlers, it's teen, it's adolescents and teenagers. And then now you've got kids, you know, in twenties and thirties. And what does the long road look like? But wow, this was a, um, a, a pretty cool surprise to hear that you were doing this work even beforehand. Cause I know yeah. one of the, one of the things Wendy, one of her dreams is, is like to have parents actually taking courses and doing growth work, you know, before the kids even hear. So like yeah. you, you were doing that. Yes. In fact, many people take the course just to reparent themselves, which is really cool. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that is cool. Like new imprint on your brain. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So you really do represent the full journey, Catherine, of like, you know, what it looks like to to look at this type of information and this psychology and these strategies before you have kids and then how to look at it once you have kids and tell us a little bit about you know, the difference between your two kids here in a second, but um, how to look at it once you have kids and then how to see it through every single stage of life and how to keep having faith in the work. Because I think a lot of people who get into this work, we go through these seasons, right? I know I did in the beginning, the first few years where it was like, this is all great. However, what if I'm wrong? What if I just need to scream at them? <laughs> but you've like really seen it through and, and, and you know, all of our listeners know that we we do not like there's no perfection in this work right i mean we are very transparent with we have our good days we have our bad days and over time with this work as you continue to become more fluent in it you have more good days right you have less days where you blow it and say gosh i just handled that in such a way that i don't want to but we still have those days of course but i love how you really can speak to our conversation today so many different phases because that's what we want our parents and our listeners to always remember that we are in this for the long haul. I mean, this is not just work that um, you should, you know, do to get out of a, uh, to get your kid to stop hitting or, you know, it's like, yes, that'll work for sure. But we want you to think about like, what are the relationships you want with your kids in high school and when they're in college and when they call you to, when they call you to say, mom, I've fallen in love, I'm going to get married, you know, and all this cool stuff. It's like, so I love that we're going to speak to it all today. But I love how in our pre conversation you did mention how part of your journey was with your one your first kiddo was a little bit more easygoing and then your second one you got blessed with one of those beautiful I like to call them cactus kids but they're a little bit stronger willed a little bit more interesting to parents so talk to us about how that was probably a surprise well um I want to also say that I'm a grandparent also. My husband has three children from a different marriage. So I also have five grandchildren. So, oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, oh, that's yeah perfect. it's really nice. Um, okay, so Tyler was at my first child, and he was real easygoing, and all the material worked really well with him, and we thought, oh, wow, this is great, or, you know, all of our material is just working <laughs> great. And then we had Brianna. <laughs> and Brianna is one of those children that builds your character. You yeah. know, and, and if we take a look at that as parents is not, you know, our kids are bad or they're brats or um but instead they're building our character. Everything shifts. Yes. Yeah. So needless to say, my character was greatly changed <laughs> the last 25 years, and she still continues to, to uh, push me and, and in a good way to be the best I can be. 
Oh, I love that. That is so hard story. Builders, I love it. It's true. Yeah. It is so true. It's a beautiful thing. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right. So, well, let's talk about um, the first of our four takeaways today. So, tell us how really leaning into this and trusting your own program and your own work and this psychology um, helped you to have rock solid relationships with your kids throughout their their um, their life. Well, I think one of the things that was so important was that throughout all my kids' years is that I made it important that closeness was the most important thing in our family, Um, that no matter what happened, that we would always end with being close and connected. And, you know, it's, it was really amazing because, you know, parents, one of the things I want to tell parents out there is parents are so terrified of teen years. And I want you to let you know that it doesn't have to be awful. I mean, Tyler was such a, an amazing teenager. He would hold my hand and put his arm around me in the mall. Right. So, so it doesn't have to be terrifying, especially if you put the relationship above all else. Yes. Um, yeah. So, and that's real hard to do right now because of all the technology and things that distract us from that being important. Yes. Yeah. There, there seems to be yeah more distractions than ever, but then there's also um, some people's train of thought that seems. And not everybody, but some people that they've inherited that it's like not supposed to be friends with my kid. Right. But, you know, it's like it's almost like an intention that some parents go into it with that becomes a barrier to that closeness um, or that connection. Yeah, they get confused. They think friendship and closeness means you have to be like Lindsay Lohan's mom where you're like having keg parties together and like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's like, oh no, that is not the type of closeness and friendship we're but, talking but about. But people do take yeah. it to the extreme where they're like, no, I, I, I need to be an authority figure and right. not like, I don't know if closeness just scares those parents or that's just the way they were raised or they think that, you know, that once the kid, you know, sniffs out this, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, kind of humbleness from their parents, then they can just start take, you know, take an inch, take a mile type of thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's probably a lot of fear when you agree, Catherine, that prevents that's, it's like, that's, what's so beautiful is once I, I find that once people hear this message and they hear like, Hey, you can have kids who behave really well and have super strong connected relationships. And it's all the, the relationship actually drives the, the great behavior. Right. I feel like right. they can breathe a, like a breath of fresh air and their heart really opens and, yes. you know, so many parents say, yeah, I want to learn more about that. It, I, I, in my experience, it takes a while, right, to figure it out. Um, but then once they embrace it and trust it, it just feels so much better to have that focus on connection over correction. Yeah, I think, Terry, you, you hit it on the nail on the head with, I don't think that we were taught how to be close uh, and value closeness. Uh, I think that's can be real scary for people, even in their relationship with their spouse. A lot of people do things to sabotage that closeness. Yeah, It's amazing to me, you know, in doing a lot of the self-growth work that we've done, how many people it's scary just to look into another person's eyes. Mm, and, yes. and I feel like that's so telling of, um, you know, 
people's um, upbringing and experiences and things like that, you're like, oh, wow, that's a, that can, I think, go into so many different areas of parenthood. It's like, if you can't even look into another person's eyes, wow, like, there's a challenge there um, in creating true closeness with another human being, whether it's your own child or a stranger or your spouse or or anybody. Yeah, it's very vulnerable, right? They say the eyes are the what is it? Windows to the soul, right? Right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's also um, that when you make connection, eye contact with a person, a chemical is released in your body called dopamine. And that's a feel good chemical that creates bonding. So the more eye contact that you make, the more you're actually bonding with that other person. And so I think if parents know that, um, they can spend more time just looking into their kids' eyes I mean, without even saying or doing anything. It's so magical. Oh, that is such a cool fact. I love that. Yeah, I've had parents, um, so many parents over the years, and, and we spent so much time in our classes or my coaching group just laughing, right? Like once you can laugh at yourself, it's good. It's a good thing, right? We don't need to be so serious. But so many parents say to me um, when we do the like, you know, Um, friendly action, right? Like, so you, for all the listeners, friendly action is like, instead of bickering and nagging and being like, you know, your jacket goes, hang your jacket up, you know, it goes in the the hallway. Do not throw your jacket on the ground. How many times have I had to told you, tell you, you just pick up the jacket, you hand it to them and you look right in their beautiful eyes with a friendly smile, soft touch on their shoulder and say, closet, thank you. And, and so many parents get so freaked out and they say, my kid would freak out if I did that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's weird. And and Stella actually will say to us sometimes, mom, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but it's it's like, it's it takes a little bit of breaking through this uncomfortableness of like just looking in someone's eyes. But we always laugh. I'm like, why does that freak you out? I'm like, would you rather just spend the rest of your days bickering and nagging at your kid? Like, just try it. Try it. I think that, and then they always come back and say, Oh, felt so much better and you leave feeling connected and um, just proud of yourself that you didn't have to like, you know, make them hang up the jacket. They don't, they know that they need to hang up the jacket. <laughs> yes. And, and I think parents are so tired of nagging and reminding their kids. They just don't know what else to do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, great. I, I think um, the, the next number two point for today's episode was talking about the idea of having an intrinsically motivated child and what that what that means first off mm-hmm. and then you know the benefits of that how I was um, describing you know I, you know a lot of listeners or people that come to find um, fresh start family and the foundations course or your book Catherine might be looking for okay well what, what's, how's this going to help me like right now, this week, this season, but talk about an intrinsically motivated kid and what that means for the short term, long term, and um, describe to our listeners what that, what that's all about. Okay. Um, I want to just quickly say to the audience too, that both of my children work with me, which is just amazing. My daughter does my social media And my son is helping me out with video making, and we just put together a kids' course together. Yes, that's great news. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just been so amazing to work with both of them. It just, 
I there's a word called synergy that I love to use. It's when two minds come together and they produce something that's far above and beyond what they could have done alone. And um, that's what I experience a lot with my kids. Not not all the time, you know, but yeah. quite frequently we have that those moments of complete synergy. It's it's really wonderful. Awesome. Okay, so intrinsic. So a lot of times we as parents will say things like, oh, you're smart or, oh, you're so pretty or, oh, you're so um, whatever. And what happens is that then the child feels like if they are not those things, then who are they? So... Um, in fact, they're even finding that kids who are told that they're smart a lot, that when they first fail, it's really, really hard on them because they they feel like that's who they are is smart. And if I can't pass this test and get a hundred on it, then who am I? Right. And I, yeah, and I might be a disappointment to my mom or dad. Um, and so I think when we do that, too, it takes the passion and the juice out of our kids because they're looking for something outside to build their self-esteem. And so what we want to do is we want to talk about what's going on inside of their heart. And one, I don't quote the Bible very often, but one of the things I love is um, Proverbs 20, uh, uh, Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that one. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you. But then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. 
I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. So one of the things I I suggest to parents is that when kids wake up in the fur in the morning, to ask them for a heart check. How does your heart feel? Now with teenagers, you might have to change the wording, but with little kids, it really works well. How does your heart feel? Because they say the research is telling us that how we start our morning predicts how our whole day will go. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. So starting with a heart check is great. And I have a story to tell you about this that we'll put this all together. Nice. So, so Brianna was about three and we were going over to pick up one of her friends and she started doing that dance, you know, that dance that says, oh, I'm, I did something wrong, <laughs> you know, that, that dance. Mm-hmm. And, and so I said, Brianna, what's up? And she goes, oh, mommy, I lied. And I go, oh, and how, how does your heart feel? And she goes, oh, really bad. <laughs> and I go, oh, well, what lie did you tell? And she said, well, I told Taylor, her best friend, that if she came to our house, we would have a birthday party for her. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no party. There's no birthday. And, and so I go, oh, wow. You know, how, how could you make your heart feel better? And she goes, well... I could tell her, I could tell her the truth, mom. And I go, yeah, you could. That would be really courageous. And she goes, yeah. She goes, Taylor will be really mad. And I went, yeah, she might. And so we didn't say anything more. And we got to Taylor's house and Taylor comes to the door. And first thing out of Brianna's mouth is, there's no party, Taylor. There's no party. (laughs) And of course, got mad and they, you know, kind of had a tough, tough time. And then uh, a few minutes later, I took Brianna aside and I said, Brianna, how does your heart feel now? And she goes, oh, it feels so much better, mommy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, and what we're finding with quantum physics is that when we are expanded, that's when we are passionate in our life. And the more passion that we can find in our life, the more productive we're going to be, the more fully we're going to be alive. And so we concentrate on how the heart feels and, you know, whether it's contracted or whether it's expanded. I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. Yes. And I know, so Stella's 11 now, Taryn's eight. 
And this one is massive. Like, I, I remember when we first started this work, you know, the whole, this concept of like, hey, how about you take a, a break from the praise, which is like, good job, you're such a good boy, you know, I'm so proud of you, right? And and move into encouragement. And I'm, you know, like a lot of people probably, there's certain things that you balk at. You're like, that's not a big deal. Like, well, this is, what am I supposed to say, good job? And we kind of like laughed at it. Like, even when our friends would bring home the literature before we were in your program. And then now, 10 years later, I am like, whoa, this subject is such a big deal. Having a a tween daughter and knowing that she has been raised in a way for the last eight years that she can look inside and guide herself up and out of hard situations towards the light that she decides is what her heart is guiding her. And Taryn too. I mean, Taryn's eight, but it's a, this is a big deal to me, like to have the next generation of souls and adults and the workforce and like just the leaders and everyone, you know, it's just such a dream for me that this is such a beautiful topic in my opinion. Would you agree, Terry? Yeah, I, I mean, for, for her, I think we mentioned her because yeah, she was, you know, the our, our first and then she was also, you know, the the one that was the character builder for us. But to know that she isn't looking to someone else for her self-worth or her identity, um, you know, to a, a chart of stars or to what somebody says about her to, to determine, you know, how her heart feels. She's able to just navigate from, from within. And it, with it, guidance, of course, of right course, now, but still it's beautiful course, to watch. But, yeah. but she's, you know, she, oh gosh, she is just soaring now. Yeah. And I can imagine you can see that in yours too. Now older in life, right? I'm sure there's probably a lot of situations where you saw that happen that probably felt really like, Oh, thank God, you know, I was able to teach our kids that. Yeah. Yeah. I, my daughter got fired from her first job and it was so interesting to see the process she went through with it. It was, you know, at first she was like, you know, for probably a day, she was devastated, you know, like, oh, you know, I feel like such a failure, you know, and then she was just able to pick herself right up and just go on. And she goes, well, I guess, I guess this job wasn't meant for me. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and there's something better out there for me. And she went on her search and found a great job and, and that she's happy with right now. So, um, you know, there are going to be failures. Our kids are going to fail. And it's a matter of how are they going to handle it. And when they're so concerned about what other people think, um, it makes it more and more difficult for them to be resilient. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Man, and those teens, they're, I mean, a lot, again, a lot of our listeners have the young toddlers right now, right? And I think we all have this temptation to live in the moment and you just want it fixed right now, right? Like you just want them to sleep through the night and put on their shoes and pee in the potty, right? But then I love just reminding us all to like look long-term because that's the benefits when you believe in these concepts and this methodology and like the psychology, the benefits long-term are so beautiful, you know? So is there any teen stories you can tell us, Catherine, where you saw, um, you know, your kids move out of something from their own heart or um, do something like, you know, I mean, the, the, the job story is actually a perfect example. Um, 
of it, but it's like, have you, do you have any, like, here's a quick story that I want to tell, and maybe this will, you can think of yours too, but yesterday I picked up Taryn from school, who's our, he's our second grader, and we had given him um, some, you know, some some cool role play and redo discipline a few weeks ago that we had a podcast on about how he got in trouble for talking in class, and so we went through the whole lesson about um, you know, what can you do next time if your buddy wants to talk during an assembly? And what can you do next time when your teacher asks you to, to be quiet when she talks instead of acting, you know, instead of responding with an attitude or a little. <laughs> and so we practiced, we did redos, we did role plays. Um, you know, the whole thing was like a beautiful process that we went through. His teacher the next week said, oh my gosh, she's doing so much better. And then here we are three weeks out. And she said yesterday, um, he was out of an assembly and she looked over and she saw, him and his buddy were almost starting to get a little chatty or laugh a little bit. He looked at his teacher. He obviously checked in with his heart and stood up, walked over, sat next to her and said, you know what, Mrs. Dennis, it felt like I really just needed to walk away and, and go take a break because I, it seemed like a good idea. And nobody told him how to, like, nobody told him that. He just had done that all on his own, right? By, like, obviously the, the compassionate discipline had a beautiful effect. And then he was able to, to listen to his own internal intrinsic guide, right? Which is what we're talking about, the heart. But is there any teenage situations? Because, like, man, my heart just goes out for teens. Like, it's um, just this last week we lost a teen in our neighbor, you know, in our community. Suicide at the age of 14, Catherine. Like, oh. Oh my God, we're just all like devastated, but we just need these teens to like, just have this, you know, we just want them to have this strong ability to listen to like, you know, the light within them. So I don't know. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite stories that I tell about Tyler is he was a, a, a tween and he, I, I went to pick him up after school every day and he had forgotten to tell me that he was going to get a ride home from a friend. So I went, I drove all the way to school and he wasn't there and it like freaked me out. I was worried. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out where he was and blah, blah, blah. And he came into the door and, um, and I, and I went, Tyler, where have you been? I was worried about you. And he said to me, you know, oh, mom, I blew it. I didn't tell you. And and so first of all, him taking responsibility is such a great, great yes. life skill. And then he said, I must have made you really, really worried and concerned. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? But this time, my all my anger just melted, you know? Yeah. And, and then he said, you know, I need to do a makeup for you, and I know that tonight your job is is um, cleaning the dishes. And how about if I do the dishes? Because I know you spent a lot of time worrying about me, and I'll I'll do your dishes for you tonight. And I was like, oh my god! Wow, <laughs> it was it was really a precious moment. I, I yeah, I can yes. still say. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, and that is, and that's what's so cool is that all came from within him obviously from years of you supporting him with learning through 
you know, through these strategies. Like that, that doesn't just happen. I always remind parents, like when you have a teen or a tween that does that, that doesn't just happen overnight. That's from years of, of hard work of you pouring into him when he did make a mistake and reminding him, him who he was and helping him to remember how he could do it differently next time and repair his mistakes and make amends. Like that was years probably stacked, but yeah, to, to listen to that and how he guided himself towards fixing the mess or, or cleaning up the mess is beautiful. Yes, and that wouldn't have happened if I had punished him or threatened him or used any of those things that are fear motivated. Right. Um, yeah. So, and in, I think parents need to learn that what they're doing is teaching their kids life skills. It's not about discipline. It's about teaching the child the life skills. So, if your child is misbehaving, one of the first things you want to ask yourself is, have I taught them the life skill that's needed here? Like I was coaching one mom and she was like really angry at her daughter because she wasn't getting her homework done and she was spending too much time on the iPad and blah, blah, blah. And so I just stopped her a moment. I said, have, have you taught her the life skill of time management? Right. And she goes, oh, no, I haven't. You know, so... Um, so if parents could just stop and think, does my child, is my child consistently able to do that life skill? And if they aren't consistently able to do it, then it's still your job to help coach them through that life skill. Nice. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of 
parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions. FreshStartFamilyOnline.com forward slash firm and kind. I I think it's a beautiful reminder to um, any of the the parents listening that um, are either going through um, Fresh Start Families Foundation course, or you know, have have cracked open your book, or doing any kind of um, you know, program related to redirecting children's behavior, is I think there's this notion that it's like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go see if it works. I'm going to try this. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go see if it works. And right. and when you look at it, is um, yes, they are tools added to your tool belt, as we you know have that um, analogy, but. It is teaching life skills and it's not about like, okay, let, let's see what happens this week. And you know what? I tried that and it didn't work. Right, it's right. Um, it, it, when you're looking at these concepts or you're having to do a paradigm shift or look at something different than the way you either you've been raised or what you know up to this point, look at it as life skills so that because that moment that you described with, with your kid, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen that, that seed was planted a long time ago. And right. I just want to continue to remind people that are going through it, keep going, yeah. keep going, invest in your family. This is not just for today or this week, or I tried that and it didn't work. It's keep going. Yes. And that, and all of everything that we just spoke about is, is the perfect summary of what our number four point was, which was raising kids who, um, who can rebound from hard situations and see mistakes as opportunities to learn, which number four, sorry, which was the perfect um, example. Sorry, number three. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Number You're three. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all of that perfectly, I think, sums that up. So, so let's move into our last one, Catherine, our last takeaway, which was talk to us about how your programs, this work really teaches parents and children together, because as we just talked about, it's it's a lot of modeling, right? Like, I mean, we got to plant the seeds, we got to model it, we got to teach it. But how to move from their amygdala, which is kind of that fight or flight part of the brain, right, into the cortex, which is that like critical thinking part, right? I think I've the terms we've learned when Stella was doing that kind of brain work was the pawns and the what was the front one called? Oh, that's Wasn't the part the... I remember. I know, right? But talk to us about this. Where's Stella? I know. <laughs> come, come teach us. She did this yeah. crazy brain work where she would like crawl on the ground to try to like connect her little wires back when she was like six. That and was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. No, it was beautiful work. Yeah. But um, tell us more about this and what you've learned over the years about, you know, all, because this is such a fascinating subject to me. I get so fired up with research and brain, like, you know, studies and all this stuff. It really motivates me. So I know it'll motivate parents too. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this was a huge game changer, not only with my children, but for myself and my husband to be able to recognize when we were all in our amygdala and to be able to shift it. That was, wow, that was like uh, mind blowing for us. So, um, so first of all, we want to recognize when we are in our amygdala and when our children are. So what you'll see is you'll see kids um, 
being aggressive. You'll see him be not cooperative. You'll see him blame. You'll see him um, shut down. Uh, you'll see him cry sometimes, cry, although crying is not always a symbol of that. But another big one that I don't think people talk about uh, very much is they become overly compliant. That's also a sign that you're in the yes. you're because you're so afraid of doing it wrong and that you're going to get punished. And so you become overly compliant. And that child often gets overlooked because everybody likes a child who be behaves all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. but they end up being pleasers. We, um, so... So being able to recognize when your child, your spouse, or yourself is in that amygdala and then recognizing what things put them into their amygdala. So uh, spanking, threatening, punishing, um, yelling, nagging, reminding, all, all of those things put all of us into our, our amygdala. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also defensiveness is another sign that you're in your amygdala. Um, and that's one that I do a lot. So, <laughs> so I know that one really well. Um, so when you're in, so then the way you get out of that is you, there's many different ways that you can do that. One is breathing and they're finding brain researchers saying in um, counting backwards from 10 is a good way to do that. Um, they're also saying that um, the um, cortisol lasts about 90 seconds. So if you can do something when you're in a state of upset, if you can do something for 90 seconds, that then your cortisol will naturally calm itself down. Nice. What we yeah, what we tend to do is we tend to escalate it by yelling and screaming even more, or slamming doors, or you know those things. So breathing, deep breathing, counting backwards, um, even going and drinking a glass of water. Um, it sounds like your daughter was doing some brain rewiring, which you can look up. And there are some great things you can do with brain rewiring. Um, touch, humor. For those of you who have little kids, um, distraction. So um, I was coaching this one father, and his kid was throwing temper tantrums a lot inside. And what, what I asked him is, what calms your child? And he goes, well, for some odd reason, there's this tree out in the backyard that if I take my child to this tree, he comes down. And I went, great, great. That's a great way nice. to get your Yeah. So find that key thing that gets your child out of their amygdala. And it might be different things for different days also. My son, um, the best thing when he was a teenager was we had a trampoline. And he would come home from school and he'd be really upset. And uh, I would just say tramp. And he would go to the trampoline and he'd bounce for about 20 minutes and he'd come back a totally different kid. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so helpful because um, it's just an easy thing that we can learn to do just to identify when each other is in that state and then help them through it with the, some of those tools. I love that you speak in terms too. Um, and this was a, a big one for Wendy and I when we 
sort of diving into this is like our participation in this. I think so many um, people are just looking at the the child of like, okay, how do I get the kid to change, grow up, get rid of that behavior? But you know, you're you're talking about us all, you know, being you know, having to wait 90 seconds when it's, it's mom, dad, it's the child, it's everybody, um, that we all have a part in this dance. And I think that's, if, if people listening can just grasp that one thing, I think that like opens up so much of this work too, that it's like, you're going to get so much out of this for yourself in your relationship, not just with you and your child. It can have this positive byproduct on you and your spouse um, you and your coworkers, um, for dads that are, you know, that are listening, it's like, this is work that I've, I've seen like beautiful results and in the workplace, not even around my kids and my family, um, just knowing how to, um, deal with things like this, but by learning about the way I'm feeling at the moment or recognizing the way somebody else looks like they're feeling at that moment. So anyways, I, I love it. I love it because it's it's so, the the term, I think that's my favorite part of our episode, the character builders, your term, (laughs) Catherine, because that's why we have to remember, like, these little character builders that many of us are blessed with, there's no mistake, right? Like, God needed, knew we needed (laughs) some, some growth here, but it really does. Like, it'll, when you get to build your character in that way and start to learn more how to slow down, identify that you are starting to rise, right? You're starting to engage in that part of the brain that's not going to help you have creative solutions, not going to help you have a great connection and all, you know, help your guide your child to great behavior or your colleague or anything, then it's so beautiful that you start to strengthen that practice and that muscle becomes bigger within your home. And then you're able to step out to your block and do it when, with your neighbors who keep leaving their trash cans out all weekend and it bugs you. Or then you get to do it with your colleagues. Like I just landed a, we're going to Ireland in a week, um, a week and a half now. It's crazy. Our first trip to Europe as a family. And it was so cool. God put a speaking engagement in my lap, Catherine, in Dublin, Ireland. And you know what it's about? What's so cool is it's for a corporation and it's, I'm speaking to them about how basically, you know, moving from making sure that we're responding versus reacting, but it's like, I'm speaking to a corporation and we're going to talk about parenting stuff, but how it also is the same, right? It's the same concept. Like when your colleague sends you an email with a bad tone or your boss says something that, you know, he wants you to stay late again, like you have a choice. And if you find yourself dipping down into that amygdala, amygdala, take a moment, right? Like figure out how you want to respond versus react. But it's all, it's like universal, right? I mean, that's why our kids are some of our greatest teachers is they get to put it in our lap and say, hey, you want to learn about this? Because I'm learning about it. Let's do it together. And then, but you know, it's it's so beautiful. It's such a journey. It's it takes a while to see it as beauty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but oh my gosh, what a wonderful discussion, Catherine! I just feel so I just feel so grateful that you took an hour out of your busy schedule to to be with us today. Tell all of our listeners about where they can find you and um, about your programs and all of your goodness. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you one last story? Yes. I'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know how we teach parents about pulling over to the side of the road, you know, when, yeah. when people, okay. So my daughter is, was 21 and we were driving her back to college and she was driving and all of a sudden she pulls over into the parking lot 
and she stops and she goes, mom, dad, I don't really like the energy in this car right now. And she turns to me and she goes, I'm in the back seat. And she turns to me and she goes, what do you need, mom? And we had, I know we had just been shopping and I and do not like shopping. And so I said, oh, well, what I really need right now is some peace and quiet. Then she turned to dad, Brian, and she goes, dad, what do you need right now? And he had just been fencing. He does fencing tournaments and teaches fencing all over the country. Nice. And, yeah. And so he was like, awful, bursting with energy, and just wanted to talk, and you know. And and so she goes, okay. And she goes, well, I'm hangry, which is a combination of hungry and angry. <laughs> she goes, well, I'm hangry, and so I was wondering if we could just be have it really quiet between here and the restaurant. Does that work for both of you? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so cool. Oh. It was, just, I'm yeah. just picturing our daughter doing that one yes, day. <laughs> absolutely, which is so so representative of the, that kind of personality, right? They love to lead. And so what a beautiful leadership. What a beautiful example of leadership that she yeah. stepped out and was like, hey, I'd like to lead us right now to get us a little bit more connected. And we're just not, you can feel it. Like this is just, I don't want it to be this stressful the whole time. Like that is so radical. Yeah. Awesome, Brianna. Yeah. Very okay. cool. So um, I teach this method um, via uh, online. I teach it online, but it's live, and it's an eight-week program. It teaches people how to teach this course to their communities or to their friends or to their churches. Um, and it's really a lot of fun, and we have such a great time doing it. We have people from all over the world sometimes in, and it's funny how people from all over the world all want the same thing which is more connection more cooperation and more peace in their lives so that's so exciting nice and, and that yeah. course Catherine that's for families or parents who listen to this message maybe start practicing it in their own home and then say I would like to teach this in my community is that right that's correct that's awesome correct. We need yeah. more teachers, people. Yeah. Listen up. Contact Catherine. We need we we like need thousands and thousands more teachers of this work. <laughs> That's right. Um, the other thing is that uh, for people who'd like more information that's free, I have a blog called Parenting Practices, and they're little short practices that people can use during the week to help them stay on track and to be the parent that they really want to be. So they can also pick that up on the website, which is www.incaf, as in Frank, dot com. Yes, and we'll make sure we link that in the show notes. And one last little plug for Catherine. Catherine's book, Redirecting Children's Behavior, and then her workbook, Redirecting Children's Behavior, are like a must-have for every family. So make sure you go to Catherine's website and order yourself a copy of that book um, because that book and that workbook because it's just uh, every student that goes through my programs, I really recommend it for them because it's fabulous. Well, thank you. Yes, well... Awesome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Catherine. This was great. Thank you. You guys are such an amazing couple. What a blessing to have a father and a mother teaching parenting. Oh, your, your people are so lucky. <laughs> you! <laughs>
Well, great. Till next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Take good care. For more info and all the links about what we talked about on today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 17. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.